0: Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. Thank you for joining us for this conversation.
1: Marker. Sean. Sometimes reason to be on the other side of the boat the bottom side of the boat
2: to collect the trash
1: exactly <laughs> <laughs> so i'm not saying you're trash <laughs>
2: Th- that's why you never allow me on your boat because i wasn't collecting the trash Is that's that the
1: right you're always just throwing stuff over i don't know i couldn't stop you <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was a while back i'm sure now right. there you didn't are throw anything over no, I know, but there are solutions now. Maybe that, you, maybe you just tie a little robot to your boat, and as you go, it collects not only your trash but also other people's trash. How about that? Yes, Is that yes. an idea?
1: Well, I've I've certainly been out in in the body of water and have seen trash and have picked it up, and that that can only scale so much. <laughs> me as an individual snagging a, a water bottle off the ocean. Well, surfing. let me
2: ask you something. Have Have you ever been in Venice or? or cities like in Holland I, maybe there where there is
1: a lot of water in the city canals I have, I have been and uh i can imagine there's a lot of stuff in there bottles and everything else mhm yeah and
2: how is the trash uh service <laughs> works there I've got to be on boat you just, I mean, you just drive he's driving gondolas i'm thinking <laughs> gondolas I think <laughs> Uh, well, we're not. joking here, but for people watching the video, uh, we're not alone. Or we, we could go forever, Sean and I, on this. You're on feeling this bad for Alistair. Well, you <laughs> know, we didn't, we didn't even tell him that we were going to do something stupid to start with. So you know, <laughs> he doesn't know. He's like, "What? The, where am I here? That's or, right. Why am I here? You, <laughs> you are in Redefining Society, and we're going to talk about interesting things, I believe. um
0: welcome alistair longman yeah uh, welcome thank you so much sean and thank you so much marco it's a real pleasure to be here and uh Always great to to uh, to hear the banter in the beginning. And, uh, <laughs>
1: appreciate <Okay>. it. <laughs> yeah, we, we set the bar low to start; it could only go up from here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, let me let me do my job. So this is uh, ch- this channel is redefining society, where we look at the things that uh, in technology are driving changes in our society and even better when our society is looking at needs that we have and we use technology or even invent and think about technology so that we can resolve some problem. Um, Trash is definitely one of that. It's connected with the environment. Uh, We like to think about what the future looks like, robotics, AI, smart cities, and artificial intelligence. And I think they all converge eventually, or maybe they should converge into something that is beneficial for each one of us. And, and sometimes we, you can take a, a, an application that is very specific thought for a particular environment. We were mentioning you know, the city with canals and, and you will explain what, what you actually do and how we can actually think at a higher level on how this example could be an example for many other solutions that we can find in our, in our cities, in our environment, and where we live. So this is the intro. Now let's dive in. Let's start with you. Uh, introduce yourself, what you do, and uh, what are we going to talk about today?
0: Awesome. Thanks, Marco. And um, <clears throat> um, thank you so much for having me on your show. So um, I'm Alistair. I work at a company called Rammarine Technology based in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. And essentially what, what we do at Rammarine in a very simple way is we, we design robots that clean our water. Pretty much like these robotic vacuum cleaners that you see uh, in everyone's house these days, we have uh, a solution for uh, near coastal and inland waterways and uh, lakes and, and rivers. And essentially, the our, our device is called the Waste Shark. It's designed on uh, the whale shark, which you find in nature. It's got a big mouth, uh, and it collects floating trash of water as it moves as it moves forward in the water, um, and the the vessel itself can be can be operator driven with a radio control transmitter or you can also send it out on autonomous routes uh, to go and collect trash by itself and it follows a, a path that you can make up with with waypoints and it will carry on through the water and, and collect the trash um, one of many solutions that are that are um, have been developed in the Netherlands I think the most um, the most famous uh, Dutch solution for dealing with Trash in the water of course is the ocean cleanup um, and we're, we stay super close to them and we're super excited about the, the awesome work they're doing. They're attacking the, the big stuff out in the ocean and we're, and we're trying to catch it before it gets out into the ocean um, and the, the waste truck itself is not a big vessel, uh, it's designed to be unobtrusive and to be able to work in areas with, with quite a lot of traffic and more than that, it's designed to get into into kind of difficult to reach areas, pine boats, between boats, under jetties, close to quaysides, maybe where those big cleaning boats can't get to. And yeah, you know, we feel we have a we have a scalable solution in the sense that you can deploy a whole bunch of them. They can work almost 24 by 7 and and just take our trash while everyone's sleeping. So that's that's essentially the waste job. Okay. Yeah.
1: So let, let's talk about the the, the problem. I don't know if you have any, any information on how, how much of an issue waste is. I mean, we can all, we can all say it sucks. Right. And we know it's bad. As Marco was kind of alluding to earlier. Sure. Um, but do we know, is it impacting, impacting tourism in certain areas? Is it impacting, uh, wildlife and, and, and maybe commercial fishing or things like that? And any insights into what's some of the impact this is yeah. uh, having waste
0: in the water? Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, there is a there's a heck of a lot of good literature out there that is based on good science which shows that plastic uh, waste in the environment is a huge problem and a growing problem. Um, I think, yeah, I can't reel off numbers at the moment, but uh, there is billions of pounds of trash that, that, that are entering our, our, our oceans every day. Uh, maybe not billions every day, but certainly billions every year, uh, and most of that's from land-based sources, and most of it's coming through rivers and streams. And I think I read a statistic the other day that you know that you can detect uh, microplastics in something like eighty percent of seafood that we that we take out of the water. We don't know exactly what that what that what those microplastics mean for human health in the long term, but I imagine it can't be good. And um, probably not great that we don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. I was well
2: actually, done. I was actually reading, uh, listening to something about the. They call it the forever plastic. Hmm. That pretty much they they don't decay. They don't they don't dissolve, and they pretty much come into Gets, into your body and the food and, and
1: pass down through uh, through the yeah, food they chain, yeah? They're just and generations. To... Probably. Yeah, probably it
2: just yeah. passed down through generations and generation like culture. Yeah. Now. um, I, I like the idea of what you guys are doing because it kind of inspired the conversation to to look at these particular issues that you are tackling, but also how we can think about this and 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 replicate the that thought to many other things, right? So ocean, oil spills, just to stay in the water is not just material material that you're collecting in terms of concrete plastic and 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 but also any kind of chemicals I, I'm assuming that you can find in there and and it's a matter of knowing that they are there right but it also makes me think about how you deal with the trash in the cities. we were joking about that before but it's a you know it's it's a big issues sometimes i wonder if the the truck that goes around and clean the trash they're so old and polluting that maybe they do <laughs> much bigger damage than what they what they should do so in anyway you know thinking of like this um how do we apply it more and do we have now the technologies that r- the time now to to really push on the accelerator and and have municipalities all over the world to start having a constant mm. cleaning in the environment instead of the old school, the trash management industry, for example. How replicable is what you're doing? I guess that's, that's the question.
0: Yeah, I think... Um, so I've got a lot that I can say about that. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think, first of all, you know, one of our challenges as a, as a company that is trying to make an environmental impact um at the same time we're we're a for-profit company, so we we kind of need money to keep going. Uh, but we do have a, a team that's super super passionate about making a big environmental impact. But I think there is a a, a shift and it is, it is happening, and it's a slow one is is we don't like paying for people to clean up or we don't like paying for cleanup services in general. You know, it's uh, it's not something we like to invest money in, it's not sexy. The value isn't apparent, it's not obvious, um, and so, you know, something like a, a, a waste cleanup solution, whether it's on land or at, at ocean can, in the ocean, can, can often be seen as a grudge purchase. So that's why you, I guess you have a company like Ocean Cleanup who is really heavily focused on, I guess, philanthropic kind of endeavor to to sustain themselves unfortunately there are enough people who care about the environment to 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 have that uh, that philanthropic endeavor but I think we almost need to somehow commercialize the value of, of of keeping our environment clean and um yeah and some and somehow unleashing that potential and and it, it, in terms of our own scalability of our own solution yeah we, of course we would love to see our our little waste shark vessels all over the world uh we're always developing things like docking stations and uh, larger format vessels where we can really tackle scope a lot better. I think what what robotics and autonomy bring to the scale side of things is that they can operate almost 24 by seven. Uh, and if you're not limited to eight human hours a day, you, you, you're already you know able to operate for three times longer. And if you're not only limiting yourself to say, 220 working days a year, but say 330 working days, because maybe some of the days are stormy or there's ice or whatever. You, you, you can really start scaling the impact of your solution when you bring autonomy into it. Um, I think the other thing that, that uh, you know, as a, as a solution provider into, into cleaning up water uh, that we've realized is people don't always understand that robotics doesn't imply that this thing is gonna do everything for you and it's going to make coffee for your team on the side.
2: Uh, no, really?
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, not.
2: You, you know, I, I'm expecting that from my, uh, you know, the, the little robot that cleaned my house. It's like, you're so right. I still have to empty it. <laughs> I still have to, yeah. to be sure that it's not getting stuck yeah. stuff yeah. in there.
0: Yeah. It's great,
2: but yeah, yeah, you're doing everything by itself. Yeah.
0: Every, every now and again, even if it has a doctor station someone's still got to go and take that rubbish out the docking station and, 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 and put it in the in the bin <laughs> well, let so, me, um,
1: let me let's talk a little bit about um, uh, maybe maybe focus in on smart cities obviously we have a lot of in- infrastructure that exists um, smart cities are being developed from scratch in a number of places around the world um, with the idea that they could be the the perfect utopian city, right? Sure. Um, there's still going to be waste, right? Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully, hopefully, in those places, there will still be water. The solution to eliminating waste and water isn't to eliminate the water, right? The body of water. You still <laughs> you still want the water. Um, so how? I don't know how. Maybe it's some of the people you speak to, whether they're in uh, regulatory policy bodies or Government entities or nonprofits that you work with, how how are some of the conversations going? That that say this is important. We have a chance to maybe take a step back, think about this differently, and find solutions to these problems, which includes things like the technologies that you offer, but perhaps broader broader picture solutions as well. Um, looking at how the waste enters. The city in the water and who's putting it there and who's not cleaning it up and are there and are there ways to incentivize folks and i don't know what, what are some of those conversations like that you're having
0: yeah i think i think there's a more more than ever before there's a, a focus on on ocean plastic or ocean bound plastic so plastic that's in rivers and, and stuff that's going to end up in the ocean uh, I, th- I think just generally the the kind of global rhetoric is moving in the right direction so there's a there's a Good appreciation for the problem. I think uh, I think the US is actually pretty good in terms of um, creating nationwide policy that applies and, and 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 almost directs funding and and focus on on problems like that. Uh, a lot of countries aren't like that. We see a lot of local governments um, who will be captivated by the idea of a of a robotic waste shark. Clean trash autonomously from their waters, and they'll they'll have projects that are funded for 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 that kind of thing. I I do think there's there's just not enough critical mass at the moment, Um, but I think Sean, what you were alluding to was was more around maybe the data side of 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 the problem and you know just grabbing some intelligence about trash and, and where it accumulates and how it accumulates, and again you know, when, you, when you're when you looking at data and you want to draw conclusions from it, I think we all know the more you have the better. So, we're, we're at that point now where we're starting to, I'm speaking really from a ramarine perspective, we, we're starting to try and scale our solution and get as many of our units out there collecting data as as well as trash at the same time. And the data can be in the form of images of the trash that we're seeing and over time, we can potentially—we we, we are developing AI for for uh, you know around image image recognition for for trash. So it's 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 tough. It's not easy. People think it's easy, and a lot of guys will claim, yeah, they've got they've got AI for trash recognition in in, in maritime spaces, and, and they may do, uh, and they probably do do as we do. Uh, we just know that our our for example, our AI around trash recognition of trash in a water environment is not nearly accurate enough for us to be able to deploy it, to add meaningful value at the time. But I think the point is we, we know where we want to go. We need to scale that. We need to get lots of data in and we can start understanding what am I collecting? Is the, is the, is the problem brand X of uh, yeah polypropylene drinking bottle or is it this kind of uh, Crisp packet or is it uh, this this takeaway franchise that's causing an issue in this area? I think, you know, at the moment, um, even simply understanding where the trash uh, fields are in a particular water environment, you know, where is trash accumulating, and how is it related to wind and current? Those are super useful things because they drive massive efficiency in the long run, because you're not going to be sending your drone to areas where, you know, trash doesn't accumulate. So the more intelligence you can gain about where the trash actually is, is super useful. And I think you, you know, once we start having swarms of these things out there, and when I say swarm, I'm not talking 50 drones, I'm talking maybe three, four, five, they can start communicating with each other. They can, they can, we can use vision AI, or we can even use a a sort of trash gauge inside the drone itself to understand how, how quickly it's getting full to sort of reach a determination, oh, I have got lots of trash around me, I am going to call out to my friends and tell them about this. Uh, We we have a really nice way of depicting that or it is very much still in development, but we are kind of thinking our customers would like to see their drones uh, chats with each other as they are out there in the water saying, hey, I have got some trash here, I have got a 40% battery. Does anyone need help, or can I get some help here? Or you know, and uh, I think over time. Do they name
1: their drones, your customers? Do
0: they get oh, names? All our drones have names. Nice. One, of my, one of my favorite tasks at RAN Marine is to name a drone.
2: <laughs> so you you name it, or the the customer name it? Do, uh, do you the,
0: ever customer, give- the customer always has first option to name a drone? <laughs> <laughs> often, often they don't. Um, uh, we we have we have uh, we have Gaston. And we have uh, Leonidas and Nicholas and Bruce. I mean, obviously, Bruce. Everyone's going to have a Bruce. We, <laughs> we, we, we have a scoop in Dallas. Um, we, we've, every name you can think of, we, we, we go
1: to do, do you know the name of the one in the Hudson River? By chance. <laughs> putting you on the spot there. You are putting me on the spot, yeah. Uh,
0: I, can, I can try and find that out quickly, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you know,
2: this is our tendency of you know humanizing our our that's right. technology like yeah i, I mm. me and my wife we make fun of uh, you know we have the the robot that we use to clean we we call it scooby-doo i don't know why but you mm. know, that's did you, did you let scooby go today like yeah sure you went uh but but i think that's actually i'm gonna go a little bit sociological and psychological here because i like that idea that the the robot, the machine, it, it becomes part of our life. And I think that when we humanize it, and we're not talking about having, you know, the Jetson type of robot in your house, we're talking about something that is going to work 24-7, resolve the problem, and become part of the environment. I have, I have a good example here. I mean, I'm in LA, so once in a while, especially if you go, you know, in Hollywood or so, you, you'll see the, the little delivery robot. I've seen the mm-hmm. town and campus of UCLA, because they they you know they just go and deliver what they do, and and the, all the students they just it's not even fun anymore. It's just mm-hmm. part of the become part of the day life to see this delivery robot that arrives where you need to go. You know, you scan something, it open the, the 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 container, you get your food, and it it goes back away. So, yeah, I wrong. see these as a part of an entire change in in our culture in the way that we look at these things and i'm also going to come at it and then i'll let you let you go with the fact that i like that while they do something why not do something else right so Mm -hmm. where there is more than one utility i'm thinking a traffic light or a traffic light or or a light like a lamp in the street they're collecting environmental information traffic there's a camera it's not just lighting up the street so mm-hmm. any kind of this technology could potentially deliver so much more than what the original promise was
0: absolutely and you know so we if I'm honest I mean I think one of the things we that challenges us from time to time is you might have a a local government authority they'll buy some kit from us and and maybe it's a senior manager in an organization who, who kind of really fires into the vision of having a, an autonomous drone cleaning up waste. And then perhaps that gets used in an environment where you've got a team of guys who now have to deploy the thing, clean it out, uh, and, and, and really engage with it. And actually, maybe that's difficult for them, or they don't understand the technology and they just rather want to go out in their boat and collect the trash with nets. So and, and we've found that the customers that we we have that are that are getting the most value out of their drones actually see their drones as a as key team members. We we have a customer, big theme park in uh, in Florida. Won't mention any names, but they've they've got a couple of our drones working in their theme parks, and they are, are fantastic customers because they understand that this is a team member. And again, it's obviously humanizing the the, the robot a little bit. But they really engaged with it. And they also understand that, yeah, you know, there, there's a there's there is a human effort involved as well. But Do going they back, call to, it Mickey. Uh there's some ducks involved. <laughs> <laughs> They've got three drones named after some famous ducklings. <laughs> um but going but going back to, to your observation around around data, you know, with with smart cities, I we, we've seen fantastic companies in the US that are, are uh utilizing traffic information, they're able to prioritize emergency vehicles, they're able to really control traffic around schools, that kind of thing. And I think, you know, from from our perspective, what we're doing on on the Waste Shark is is obviously completely different. We're, We're gathering data about, we can tell customers when their drones are operating, how often they're operating, we can give you aggregated reporting over time to say, You've covered this many miles on so many missions and collected so much waste in that time. I think that's kind of useful intelligence. But as we, as we get more and more usage data over time, we can we really get more intelligence. But added on to that is the fact that you now have a floating platform in the water. It's, it's collecting trash, but that floating platform becomes a sensor platform. Uh, you can start collecting environmental data about water quality, for example you can start measuring the impact of removing trash from the water on, on the quality of that water. And, and again, I, you know, I refer back to the US being being kind of world leaders in the sense, and I know recently there's uh, been some legislation passed around the use of, PA or monitoring PFAs in drinking water. And PFAs are these sort of harmful chemical substances that we kind of fear fear might not be good for, for human health. And uh, you know, and to have a floating platform that can move around and currently we don't have the technology to measure pfas except in a in a laboratory but we we'll have a sensor for pfas that can move around and stuff but i think just the value of collecting lots and lots of data over a lot of time starts helping you understand some variables that that might be related we we really envisage in in, in time being able to predict when big lakes might have uh, harmful algal blooms, for example, and you know, algal blooms are, are, are a super big issue everywhere. You know, on the one hand, we've got, a, we've got technology that can clean up that algae from the surface of the water, which is great, but why not collect information while, we, while we're cleaning up trash, which says, hang on, I'm seeing some variables here that tell me a, a bloom is on its way. And uh, potentially there there's some interventions we can do before we you know, we have this harmful bloom, and we kill off thousands of fish in a lake. It's uh, it's it's all really interesting stuff. <clears throat> but ultimately, I think I, I go back to just I, I think the notion of robots augmenting human endeavor uh, is is an interesting concept to think about philosophically. Sometimes we expect a little too much of our robots, uh, and uh, there's no doubt. I mean, I think we've all been seeing what Chat GPT has been doing in, in the last few weeks. I'm uh, just astounded. Um, I'm worried that my job's going to be taken over at some point by <laughs> Chat GPT. <laughs> but uh, you know that 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 again that relies on masses and masses and masses and masses of data to be as good as it is.
1: Yeah, and I think if if we shoot for the the holy grail of AI and robotics, uh, that it has to it has to look like the Jetsons or or nothing. And yeah. I think we kind of, we, we missed the point and we missed the, the plot. Both. Yeah. Uh, and I think very specialized to start to solve a real problem is mm-hmm. super important. Um, proof of concepts that actually do something good. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. Are, are super cool. And, and I looked up the, I couldn't find the name for the Hudson drone, but uh, the Hudson River drone is, is employed by the Hudson River uh, the Park The Hudson Authority. River Trust, yeah. yeah. And uh, they're using it for waste pickup, yeah. primarily plastics. Uh, they, they list a ton of plastics that it's capturing, um, but they're also using it with some sensors to do some geospatial uh, analysis and also water quality analysis To So yeah. to your point, it's not just out there picking up trash, it's using it to collect information that the park system Presumably, can use to uh, Absolutely. help find ways to make the water better. And of course, it's not just in their area, right? It's that that water uh, enters a certain way and leaves a certain way, and and uh, hopefully, they're making it cleaner as it heads downstream. You know, in this case goes to the ocean. Of that brings
2: so, me a question, Sean and and I yeah. will um, um, start. How customizable are these? Because you know, we always think that, oh, we make one robot and it's going to be good for everywhere. But in this case, you know, we have a case study where, you know, maybe like, oh, we would like to monitor this thing. We we need it because we have this kind of problem versus this other kind of problem. So how is customization working with, with your kind of product?
0: Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I have a very clear view on um, the nature of, of complexity and trying to please everybody. <laughs> you know, I think I think uh, something that drives complexity, and, and, and I'm not saying it's a bad or a good thing, I'm just saying complexity is a function of um, differentiated human requirements or requests of, of technology. So systems become complicated because we want to cater for a whole bunch of stuff. So, so, so you know, one of my jobs and our team's jobs is to kind of weigh up how much uh, customizability are we going to allow? Because ultimately, we've got to build these things, and we've got to support them in the long term. So, yeah, we have some interesting debates about uh, about what's uh, what we should make customizable or not. I, I guess what we're getting to a point now of, of, of doing is we want to kind of unify. We don't want to have a distinction between a, a an only remote control drone and an autonomous drone. We want not have a single platform, and then like with everybody else and what everyone else is doing, we're going to start charging additional if you want to unlock certain features. So every drone we send out is autonomous, uh, but you can only use it in maybe, let's say handheld operator mode. And if, if that suits your use case and you don't need to pay the additional premium for the autonomous function, we'll allow that. And we'll make that all software driven. Mm. The other thing is, um, I think with, when it comes to environmental sensing, uh, particularly around water quality, uh, there, there are some sensors that every drone needs to be able to move around, you know, LIDARs and GPSs and, and IMUs and those kinds of things, every drone will have that. When it comes to environmental sensors, it's, it's tricky because people want to use potentially different sensors to measure for different things. So we're having quite a lot of thinking about how we can make our, our tech sensor ready. Um, and we've looked at we've looked at sensor optimal water quality sensor options. You could go and buy really cheap water sensors uh, for, for for home projects and stuff, you know. But it's either that or going and buying really, really expensive stuff that's super accurate, but it needs to be calibrated, it needs to be curated and maintained. And that's not for all of our customers. All of our customers don't necessarily want that, but what we want to do is we want to have a a platform that if a guy says, actually, you know, I'd like a a decent quality water sensor, we can just ship one over and it's super easy for that guy just to plug into a shark and it works. So those are the kinds of um, things that we're working on at the moment to to really try and uh, simplify the customer experience, but at the same time, simplify uh, our ability to sustain things like support and, and uh, for our, for our products in the long term.
2: Yeah, I guess it's a is a balance. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. a few years ago I was in uh, in Sydney actually, if I remember well, and they already had robotic um, herb uh, grass cutter. Yeah, that they, they were going in certain area, and they will know how to recognize, of course, you know, to stop if somebody's in the middle or not get on the path because they know that you know that you don't want to do that blades on on stones and gravels and anything like that so but also now that i'm talking to you i'm thinking like how many other things could that thing do there in monitoring you know not the water but maybe the the, the, the terrain the, the yeah the soil uh, yeah. i don't know recognize if there are 65 squirrels instead of you know birds and I'm just thinking you can know, just put a camera on top and who knows what you can
0: do with it. I mean, Mar- Marco, that is our challenge at RAN Marine because <clears throat> essentially we have, yeah, we have a, we have a vessel that collects trash off the water. And it's, it's, it's simple physics. It's not complicated stuff, but you also have a platform.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You can put a whole bunch of stuff on it and you can do all kinds of things with it. And, and mm-hmm. we're constantly getting pulled into different directions. We could do noise monitoring. We could do, uh, we could even do uh, like wind turbine monitoring with an acoustic camera to understand if there's bearing noise in a in a in a in a wind turbine, you know, offshore uh, that maybe needs maintenance. Or we could do underwater monitoring to look at fish stocks and understand, to, you know, sort of biomass changes in in, in, in in fish stocks and sea life and that kind of thing. We can uh, you know, in Amsterdam. One of the big issues we have is is people. It's, well, it's not an issue. It's a it's a, it's a national tradition to throw your bicycle in the in the canals of Amsterdam when you finish university. So we could be finding bicycles, and you know we've been we've been approached by by people to do all kinds of different things. So I mean, the, our our big things are really. I mean, my, I'm always open to to any kind of sensor integration customer might need to understand he pays for a bit of, of of integration but we we do kind of need to understand how we support them in the long term but our big things um are water quality data cleaning stuff out of the water and that's oil trash and and, and unwanted biomass as we call it or algae uh, and and uh, yeah invasive plants and stuff
2: that's cool it really made me think yep. to a lot of other applications well, my,
1: my key takeaway here is I know what I have to do next time I'm in Amsterdam. I'm going to have to buy a bike
0: just so I can throw it <laughs> in the canal. Yeah. yeah, you can just buy yourself a super... You can probably find a student just That's before right. he's about to throw his That's or her right. bike in the canal and just get it off them for a couple of bucks.
2: <laughs> I did, you know, I didn't know that. I, I, I have no idea there was a tradition.
0: It, actually i'm i shouldn't be uh i shouldn't be saying that it's 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 it's, it's not quite as prolific as i'm making it out today but my goodness there are <laughs> not, a lot of, not a lot of bicycles <laughs> but there are, a lot, in the canal. Yeah, there are is, a
2: lot of bicycles in the canal yeah there are a lot of bicycles i can, I can yeah, see that right. yeah, yeah. Course, actually I, will, yeah, I, I have to say that i will ride uh, a on. oh yeah i mean i i've been in amsterdam a few times but um Rotterdam has always been on my radar and I never, mm. never made it there, but it's it definitely a city I want to, I want to visit and I'll, I'll check on the, I'll check on the bikes instead of okay. renting one. I'll just yeah. fish one out.
0: Well, bring your uh, bike yeah. over to the office so we can have a nice cup of coffee and talk about robotics and AI and yeah, that. how it can uh, do good I, for the world.
2: I would love that. I enjoy this conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great. Thank you. As well. Thank you. Yeah, and on that note, um, I, I want to thank you, Alistair, for for joining us. I know it took uh, took a little time to to get this uh, scheduled, but uh, well worth the wait. And um, glad to hear your story and and that of Rand Marines and and this technology and the potential AI and robotics have, on a, on the grander scale, on the bigger the bigger stage, if you will. And uh, yeah, for everybody listening, there'll be notes in the in the uh, podcast episode here on some, uh, your favorite podcast player, of course, and as well as YouTube and uh, anything else that Alistair, I'm gonna, I'm going to link to uh, the, the work that, that the drones doing in Hudson park. I'll include that in the notes, for example, and mm-hmm. then anything else Alistair wants to share, uh, we can, uh, we can share with folks through the notes. So thanks everybody for tuning in. Be sure to uh, subscribe and uh, share it with your friends, family, friends, maybe even more friends and uh, stay tuned for more episodes of Redefining Society. I, I think I closed your show for you, Marco. How's that?
2: It's your show too. Mikasa, <laughs> <supasa>.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Ali
2: star Enjoy.
0: Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this podcast, share ITSP Magazine with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thank you for listening.